Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, What Bales Can Tip the Scales? To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Ben Beckman, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator based in the northeast part of the state. Thanks for joining me today, Ben. Glad to be here, Aaron. Well, Ben, we've talked about a number of topics together related to forage, forage quality, uh, some challenges with hay. This particular article focuses on the topic of understanding the moisture content of hay and some of the challenges that can be presented with that as we think about how much we need to feed and, and understanding that uh, moisture itself can be a little bit deceiving sometimes in terms of thinking about the actual amount of hay or dry matter we're getting into that animal. Give us some perspective on some things we should be paying attention to with that and also some application in terms of the implications of this if we're not paying attention. Sure, Aaron. Um, so this article kind of came about because of some conversations I've been having with producers in our area, uh, just working through supplementation and, and rations for this winter and having those discussions with them, uh, figuring out you know, exactly how much do we need to be feeding those animals um, when we're have them out on stocks, or maybe we're providing a full ration for them this winter. Um, a lot of times we've got folks that um, may have done some, some analysis. We always you know, recommend that folks do analysis on their feed stuff because there's so much variation from year to year. And, and a big part of that is so we can get the moisture content from um, those bales or whatever we're feeding. When we get those results back, it usually has an as-fed and, and a dry matter basis on there. Um, when we're formulating those rations or figuring out how much we need to supplement, we usually like to work on a 100% dry matter basis. Uh, the reason for that being that if we've got different feedstuffs with different moisture contents, um, we can't really compare them accurately if they're sitting at the, the moisture content that they have. You know, uh, five pounds of hay is going to be different than five pounds of silage just because the moisture content in both of those feedstuffs is hugely different and we can't really compare those. So when we're formulating rations, we want to put them on a dry matter basis. Now we have to switch that back over to a, you know, as fed basis when we actually go to figure out how much we need to be putting into our, our mixer wagon or how many bales we need to be rolling out to feed our herd and take care of that. And that's where things start to get a little tricky. We need to make sure that we're accounting for that moisture uh, when we go out and we actually figure out how much we need to be feeding in our rations. Uh, just a little example of this might be uh, maybe we've got something figured out. We, we developed our ration and we say that we need to be feeding two pounds of range cubes, uh, usually pretty close to 100% dry matter, uh, usually sitting around 6 to 12% moisture to meet our protein requirements. Uh, that's on a dry matter basis, we need to be feeding two pounds of those. So when we account for that 6 to 12% moisture, we need to bump that up from the, the two pounds on a dry matter basis to 2.1 pounds or so per head as fed. When we're looking at something that's got higher moisture content, this comes in to be a lot bigger factor. Maybe we've got some alfalfa that's been um, sitting out in our yard. It's sitting about 20% moisture when we go and we need to feed two pounds of that per head on a dry matter basis and we adjust for the moisture content, we actually need to bump that up to two and a half pounds of hay per head uh, when we actually feed that out. So we can have a really big difference and if we're not taking into consideration 
that that moisture content and how much that adds to our feed, we can be drastically underfeeding our animals in some circumstances and really uh, put ourselves in a bad situation pretty quickly. I think understanding moisture content of feedstuff is one that is pretty important, especially in Nebraska. We deal with quite a number of pretty wet feeds. I'm thinking here of, of silage that you know might be two-thirds moisture or wet distiller's grains and and really accurately understanding what do we have in terms of moisture and then also recognizing that sometimes moisture content can change on products. So knowing what you have and then thinking about how much do I really need to feed can be pretty important. In the article, you talk about a pretty simple, straightforward way to get a handle on what's the moisture content of my feed. Give us some perspective on how to do that and how that might be useful as a tool. So anybody that's uh, done some silage harvesting is, is probably familiar with some of these methods that I've talked about because uh, when you're out trying to harvest silage, getting that right moisture content is, is really critical and making sure that we get a good pack and we get uh, you know good harvest and we don't want to bury too much from that, that sweet spot in, in silage harvest. And so if you're really into, you know that's a big part of your operation, maybe you've got um, some specialized equipment to, to figure out moisture content. But for those of us that don't necessarily have that, uh, there's two different ways that we can kind of go about figuring out moisture content. And it's, it's really pretty simple. It's you take your sample, a, a wet sample. So whatever we have available, whether that's hay, silage, distillers, and we weigh out an easy way to do this is to weigh about like 100 grams out um, on maybe a kitchen scale or, or some other scale that you have that's sensitive enough to, to get close to 100 grams then we can either stick that in a dehydrator for a while. Um, if you've got one that's sitting around that maybe you don't mind uh, getting a little dirty, or you can actually put it in the microwave. Um, if you're using the microwave method, you want to put a cup of water uh, in the back of the microwave just to have a, a little additional moisture in there. The goal here is to dry out the sample, but not burn it or scorch it at all. So we want a little bit of additional moisture just in the atmosphere to make sure that that um, sample doesn't get too dry and catch fire or, or start charring up on us. So for the microwave method, uh, we might put it in there for about two minutes or so starting out. Uh, we want to reduce the uh, power for our microwave to about 50%. Again, our, our goal is to dry out this uh, forage and not to char it or burn it at all. And then we just kind of take it out and we reweigh it and we see where the weight is. We can put it back in the microwave for another 30 seconds or so. You know, maybe if it looks like it's really wet still up to a minute, take it out and weigh it again. And we continue to do that until the weight starts stabilizing and we don't have a difference in weight of about a tenth of a gram. It's the same thing with the dehydrator. We let it sit in there for maybe about 30 minutes, uh, go and weigh it. If it's something really wet, we might let it sit overnight until that weight stabilizes. And that tells us that we've gotten all the moisture out of it that we can. Um, then we just do a really simple calculation. We take that dry sample weight divided by our, our wet sample weight. And that's why if you measured out 100 grams to begin with, it makes that math really easy. And then you just multiply it by 100 and that gives us our percent dry matter. So uh, maybe we had something that we put in, our wet weight was 100 grams. Uh, after we dried it out, we got to 85 grams. We divide those out, multiply them by 100 and that gives us 85% dry matter. Um, if we need to get moisture content, we just take 100 minus that 85%, and that gives us our percent moisture content as well. Well, again, I think that's a pretty simple, straightforward tool that folks might not be aware of, but doesn't take much in terms of resources, not a lot of expense, but 
knowing where your feed's at in terms of its percent moisture and then thinking about what do you need to get to the cattle to meet their needs is, is pretty important. So I think you did a nice job, Ben, summarizing that and giving us a tool I think that can be applicable as we think about understanding where our moisture content is on feed and getting the right amount to the cattle we're feeding. Just a couple of considerations on that, Aaron. You know, the reason that we talk about this at home method too is even if we sent in a sample uh, for analysis and we figured out the percent moisture on it, that percent moisture might vary, especially if we got um, feedstuffs that are sitting out in the elements and, that, and that's where our storage is. Hay that's been um, sitting out in a bale yard and not covered at all. Maybe we took that sample, I'm guessing on a pretty nice day, we weren't out in the rain, we weren't out in the snow, your content might change quite a bit. So being able to just check that at home is a really critical tool. And then the second thing about this is, you know, always make sure that you're asking before we start to microwave things in your, you know, home kitchen microwave or uh, steal the dehydrator from the house. Some of the stuff, we do have the risk of burning something or starting to make some pretty uh, weird and off smells that might come from some of this figuring out moisture content. So just make sure that everything's cleared and, and you're okay doing it before you go ahead and uh, open yourself up to that sort of risk too. Yeah, I think that's a great, great point, Ben. I've personally done this and uh, you scorch some alfalfa, it can make a pretty nasty smell. So if you can go get a microwave, do that out in the shop or somewhere else where it's uh, not gonna be leaving an odor in the house, probably everybody else might be uh, more appreciative of that. Exactly. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Ben. Anything else you'd like to add as we point towards wrapping up? You know, Aaron, uh, anytime that folks have questions about developing rations or, or making sure that we're getting our um, animals supplemented correctly, especially over the winter season here, um, our, our beef educators are always a great resource. And we've got a number of, of great resources on our uh, beef.unl.edu website, um, whether it comes from sampling feedstuffs, understanding those analysis when they come back, and then uh, taking that the final step and, and figuring out your rations. So we've got the full gambit there and, and all of our extension educators are happy to help you walk through that process if you want some additional um, assistance. Again, the title of the article we discussed today was Wet Bales Can Tip the Scales. You can find more information as Ben Beckman mentioned at our beef.unl.edu website on understanding how to sample forages, also understanding feed analysis. And also there's some information there as well as understanding how to put together rations that meet the needs of cattle based on stage of production and expected performance.